Hello, welcome back to another episode of Shutter Counts. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're listening to this in the car, on your phone, on work, um, what, however, um, we really appreciate you uh, allowing us to be piped into your ears. Uh, here's going to be a bit of a special episode. This episode is going to be an interview, interview of a photographer by the name of Sergio John. I was also makes this episode special is that uh, this one is introducing a new podcast series uh, by the name of Sean IRL. Um, that is Sean in real life. There's also a, a website for this, um, seanirl.com. Uh, of course, I'm grateful to continue to be here uh, with uh, Stephen and Samantha. Uh, the difference, um, what makes this podcast series different from Shut Account is that uh, that one, of course, by the name you can tell, Sean IRL, is uh, is it's a solo effort by myself. I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna. I'm planning on still being here uh, to record um, episodes of Shutter Count. Uh, and over there, you will hear topics that also, you know, um, focus on photography sometimes. But it goes beyond that. The reason why this episode is here on shutter count is because um this one actually you know it, it's um focusing on photography and the work of a photographer so um it seems like a good place you know to put this one here but also give the audience um that is familiar with shutter count you know an opportunity to check out this uh, new podcast as well uh this series of uh this new podcast series will um uh, fe will feature photographers it will also feature other artists um there's also um other and when i say artists this goes beyond um just putting paint on canvas uh this can also be those who work in physical mediums you know such as clay or marble i even have an interview um of someone who owns a, a custom jean company and you know when it comes to what we wear and how we dress and the people who um, lend their art, you know, to putting those items together, shirt, be it a shirt or pants, you know, or a dress or a skirt. Um, that's also art as well. So the focus, again, of uh, Sean IRL, again, Sean in real life, that's what the IRL stands for in real life, is is to focus on um, different artists of different mediums. And so please um, do uh, continue to uh, go over there as well and uh, enjoy uh, those podcasts. Uh, this episode here today is going to be focused on a photographer by the name of Sergio. I knew him for many years as Serge. Didn't know about that Geo on the end of that name. <laughs> but anyway, that was a little something we talk about in an interview. Um, please give it, give it a listen. And also um, understand if you hear background noises, we are sitting in a public space. We're sitting in a public library. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this one. Um, before, uh, I, before I go and end this introduction and have you listen to this interview, I just want to call out, um, he, Sergio speaks about a publication that, um, they, that he is working on this publication. You can find out more about it at Fora publication on Instagram. So if you go to IG and put in F O R A publication, all one word, no, no under, lines underscores or anything like that um look for it you'll find wonderful art art um from different people uh photography again art of different types and then even 
um, a lot of good information that comes along with this art, uh, things to think about. I'm really looking forward to this publication. I'm looking forward to read it. I think if you're an artist or if you're someone who enjoys art, um, please look out for this publication. So anyway, without further ado, Sergio. I was talking to Pierre the other day. Oh, really? I, see, I was telling him I was going to see, see you today. Oh, yeah. And um, he was like, I was like, yeah, I said, you remember Sergio, right? Yeah. And he was like, Sergio? He's like, Sergio. <laughs> he's like I don't know a Sergio. He's like, he said, you talking about Sergio? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah. He said, he was like, yeah, you got, you said, you got me, uh, I was confused because you, you got his name wrong. It's, it's, it's just Serge. That's funny. No, I introduced myself as Sergio, but I guess for him it was Serge. As yeah. The, yeah. I mean, even for no, I mean even for me, because when when I, I've always known you as Serge. Oh so, really? Like literally, when you um, showed me your website, when I asked you for oh, your yeah, website, yeah, yeah. and then I saw um, Sergio. Oh, yeah. That's when I thought. I said oh, that makes sense. I yeah. guess his name is. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio. Yeah, man. All right, so we we ready, man. We up we up and ready to go. Cool. Let's let's uh, smoothly um, get into it. No introductions mm-hmm. on this one, man. Um, I, if anything, you just introduce yourself. Tell yeah. tell the audience who you are. So my name is Sergio. I'm a photographer from the DMV area. Actually, from this area, Germantown. Okay. And I've been uh, I've always been interested in art. Mm-hmm. That's always my favorite topic of just conversation if anybody knows me they know i'm talking about art yeah um i'm into fashion i'm into typography and page layout um i have a background design so um i started i i just just always loved art i just started young and um yeah it's kind of an introduction that's cool (laughs) like so you i know like um before we talked about school Mm -hmm. right that you went uh you went to school for art yes but you started young yeah and so this came before school so yes. tell me a little bit about that so i was always never into sports as much as the other kids mm-hmm. so uh you know i was at home and i was always thinking like what can i do that's different from the kids at school yeah. I, I was interested in soccer but then i just i wasn't as good as it as, as the other kids mm-hmm. so i'd always uh go home and be upset and i was like uh, i don't know what else to do but it was interesting because before you move on though you said you weren't as good as at soccer, so you gotta let the audience know your background so they can be even more upset at uh, you. Right? <laughs> so um, I'm an African American. <laughs> cool. Come on, man, let them know. Let them know. The, uh... So I have a French background. Um, I should like soccer. I do like soccer. I, I do like soccer. But um, my my dad's actually a soccer coach. He okay. was um, back in the day. Um, okay. Retired from that. And he always would play soccer with me, mm-hmm. like all the time. Um, and as African Americans, you know, in, the, in this country, French background, always talking about soccer in the house, and we still do, we still do. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay, so that's cool. So to me, then that also says that you have a, a strong personality because, yeah. you know, you had that background going there. Dad being a coach, it would mm-hmm. seem to make sense that you know you should at least. Um, it, not saying you're gonna go all the way to being a professional, but mm. this should be like you know your recreation. This is yeah. you. This is where where you're focusing on. Definitely. So what, what was that like for you uh, to now find your way into the art? <laughs> Man, that's a heavy question. Um, it was so pretty much growing up, like 
art was never really a thing that was talked too much about in my family, especially as foreigners, especially I think you may be able to relate foreign parents explaining to them that you want to be an artist is something that's it's a very vague and abstract idea yeah. because it's not a secure industry. That's right. And um, I mean, they're not wrong. They're not wrong at all. It's a it's, a, you know, doctor route, IT route, something that's more a stable job. But art is definitely a foreign language to them. And I think it was very kind of, it was a battle to explain that to them, saying that I want to be an artist and that I want to pursue this course uh, rather than going to the safe educational route, you know, that many people do. So that was definitely a difficulty that I had to face um, growing up. Okay. Yeah. So now, so you're forging your way. Um, you're actually going to go ahead and play around with art. Like, so how did it start? Is it drawing? Is it painting? Mm -hmm. Is it, we know you do photography today. So, mm -hmm. um, what was young Serge or Sergio <laughs> uh, doing? Um, I would say when I was really young, I was definitely interested in, uh, actually like paintings, uh, photos. Those are really my biggest inspiration. I never tapped into it until later in my life, but I would do a lot of research looking up, you know, like different photographers, different painters, um, different designers. And I always was fascinated by the art. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I wanted to do that. Um, I was not good at the time, but I kept practicing, practicing. And um, I actually stumbled upon one person, Andrew T. Kearns, who's a huge photographer out in Portland. Okay. And I loved his nature work. I, I was obsessed with him for weeks. I, I told my mom, can you buy me some Birkenstocks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can just be like Andrew. And um, that, that was somebody I looked up to heavily, okay. so heavily. So the influence of seeing someone do it, mm -hmm. and then you also like the work that he's doing. Now, did it mm -hmm. start to, in your mind, make you think about, okay, I can turn this into a career? A little bit. Um, at first, no, because I, I knew I did not have that skill set, mm -hmm. nor did I have the money to get the equipment. At least that's what I thought at the time. That is what made a great photographer. So I would say no, starting off. Um, it was definitely a, a far-fetched idea of me becoming a professional photographer, a professional designer. I never thought that okay. uh, for the longest time. So how do you go from... <clears throat> how do you go from... Uh, there's, okay, so, cause I know you said that, I do know, you know, mm. about that, um, as far as like, you know, my, my parents being from Jamaica, you know, same mm. thing, mm. um, thinking about, um, art, mm -hmm. not going to happen. I had, a, I had a cousin who pursued art really? and yeah, but he was looked at as the, he's not going to be successful. Oh, that, that is, yeah, yeah. that is not the guy you want to, <laughs> <laughs> you want to emulate. Yeah. So for sure, like, you know, I understand what, you know, what that's like in that household now, um, one of the reasons, uh, I'm taking you a little bit off tangent, but we want to get right back mm -hmm. on it. Uh, one of the reasons why I was excited to, to talk to you is because, um, you know, we've known each other for like, you know, many years, long mm -hmm. time. Um, I didn't know that you had that interest in art mm -hmm. and I didn't know that you took it to the professional arena, even, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to, you know, photo photograph weddings and yeah. the other work that I saw that you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, on the website. Um, part of uh, this podcast that uh, series that I'm loving here that why I want to get into it is exploring when someone has, 
you know, mm-hmm. these sort of like obstacles and challenges um, to get into this sort of arena here. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it's not it's not a straight shot. Definitely. So to take it back to Young Surge, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're look, you see this inspiration mm-hmm. and now you actually make this decision mm-hmm. to go to school, yeah. you know, for this. So like, uh, and that's why I asked that question that did you see that there's a way for you to actually make a living with this? Because mm-hmm. maybe you must have thought that way if you're going to uh, go to school. I don't know if that was mm-hmm. the thought process, though. So. It's interesting you say that. I actually, when I decided I was in school, there were so many different traits. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother's a chef, so there was obviously culinary, and my mom was really heavy on that. She wanted all of us to be cooks and, you know, to be able to provide for myself. Nor is still to this day, can't cook properly (laughs) um, enough to survive. But I remember looking down the list, and there was graphic design. And to me, I didn't know too much about graphic design. I thought it was more just digital art, which it is, but there's a lot more to it. So in my head, I, I was I looked up, you know, what is a good job for graphic designers and, you know, how, how do they get into the industry and all the starting the I guess the growing pains for that. Yeah. And um, I realized that there was a career in it. And I wanted to see if I had the skill set to do it. So I said, you know what? Why not? Let's let's apply to it. Let's let's see if I get in. And uh, interesting enough, I, I didn't hear back until the next starting year. This was me entering high school. Um, it was a trade school that you had to get accepted into. And I knew at the time that it was either that or I would go into IT. But everybody else, else was in IT, so I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. And um, when I applied, I didn't hear back from them until the starting school year following school year uh which was the first year in high school and they accepted me mm-hmm. and they said you know if you want to come up you can come up right away and you can join our school and that's that's the start to it okay all right it's funny that you say that so um how old are you Serge? so <laughs> how old do i look <laughs> that's the real question okay yeah. i i was wondering i said i thought about it i said should i ask him this question i said yeah i will i will ask him. <laughs> yeah. um i think uh Okay, how old do you look? Well, Serge, you you look like a teenager to me still. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's the but, first time I got that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say, I feel like I'm going on a limb here, man. Um, twenty four. 24 yeah all right everybody who's ever said i'm younger <laughs> this is for you i'm 19 you're 19 yeah oh okay all right so i'm i'm, I'm bad with age though I'm oh terrible. really yeah i'm oh. terrible i'm terrible guessing age um but yeah i think yeah. so i said like i said you still got a teenager so i was yeah, I, was, I was correct yeah. you know 19 <laughs> awesome um okay cool so the reason why i was asking because you know i'm 39 Mm. Right. And so what you said was, you know, at the time, it seemed like everybody was getting in IT. Yeah. You know, for me, um, being older than you, you know, 10, uh, 20 years yeah. <laughs> older than you, um, I, it, that was just the start of it. You know, mm-hmm. I was just, we were just at the cusp, you know, and, you know, this is, this is actually a thing, mm-hmm. you know, that you can go to school for. Um, so it's, I think, I, I don't know if it was, for me, it was definitely hard, right, mm-hmm. to say, let me not walk away from the IT route, you know, mm-hmm. to take like a more artistic route, you know, mm-hmm. that that I continue to search for, hey, mm-hmm. what's something that's going to actually make some, you know, secure money. Mm-hmm. But by the time we get to you, it's already been proven. This is mm-hmm. the thing. This is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So what sort of pressures did you have on your shoulders, you know, yeah. with that sort of world that you're going into now? So going into that type of world as an artist you don't know where your money is going to come from as a as a freelancer you you have to continue to work to get money yeah. and you know a lot of us 
are dependent on a job to get stable money and that's that's the safe route but as an artist sometimes you kind of have to jump out and really believe in yourself before anybody else can believe in you and that's what i'm still learning today yeah um and some of the biggest pressures was that specifically not knowing where the next check would come in uh, i know i'm 19 but i have bills to pay you know and it's, yeah. it's, it's a little nerve-wracking and at my age now i'm working in the industry but many other colleagues of mine or friends are still in school mm-hmm. you know trying to get a degree in something but for me i knew i didn't want to be in school for that long i wanted okay. to get enough of a trade in high school so that way when i was out of high school i'd be able to provide for myself and um and it seems to be working out for me so far okay do you think age is a disadvantage for you definitely i think it is um i think a lot of people can take advantage of you for the, for your age um i'm even surprised they told you my age <laughs> because whenever people ask me i try to change the topic okay because when you let your age go it's almost a part of you that people feel like they have something over you mm-hmm. you know oh he's just a kid he's he's too inexperienced right but when it comes to art you know the experience is in the product it's in the it's in the final deliverable to yeah. the client right so yeah. that's that's what i'm starting to learn now is you know show your product show your deliverable and what you can do mm-hmm. and uh be able to make connections with people because if a person can connect with you on that type of level mm-hmm. you know you can get almost any client so how long have you been showing this art showing my my art yeah. <laughs> um as a professional let me ask as you a that. professional yeah i don't like saying that but as a professional i i would say the last three years i started traveling more and getting more opportunities and this year specifically has been the craziest uh year as far as opportunities with other brands and companies okay, okay. Yeah. um okay so Thank you for answering the age question. <laughs> um, you you could have you could have tried to push back. Yeah, you, know, you could have. Um, and even when even when I asked it, I thought you know you might you know try and push back, mm-hmm. um, and and that's okay. But I'm, but I think that uh, I think in in this society today, I, I see two things going on. Right, mm. you're either too old or you're too young. Yeah, right? and and I don't like that. Mm. Right? And what you say is you got to let your age, you got to let your experience show. Yeah, you know. And so when I look at your site. I think I think you're pretty safe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you're pretty safe in, in the work that you're showing. Yes, there's still going to be those that if they hear, oh man, this guy's only 19. Yeah. You know, can he handle you know the, the opportunity that I want mm-hmm. for him? But I, I think I think you're. I, I think so far from what I've seen of you, man, mm-hmm. I, I think you're showing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask you another age question though, because you did say something that is uh, is something that came to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- I'm not going to like focus on myself too much, but we took. We still took a similar path, mm. even though I got into IT. It was kind of similar. Mm. Uh, but you're saying now that you're out here working, right, and you know that all your contemporaries, you know, that mm-hmm. around the same age as you are in school, yeah. how does that feel for you? Do you feel um, that do you feel less than sometimes in mm-hmm. certain conversations? Do you feel like you know you wish you could you know state that you're in school just mm-hmm. for the uh, the the I don't know the, the general public mm-hmm. around you, right? Because that's the expectation, yeah. right? So so how does it feel? Uh, it actually feels great, man. Okay. Not, not having to go to school. You know, I, I talked to some, some of my other uh, classmates and, you know, some of them are in other countries studying right now, but, you know, all of them seem to, to tell me that they kind of wish they were doing, at least the ones who are artists, they kind of wish they weren't in school because they feel that school holds them back. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's, 
there's only so much you can learn in school, right? And especially with art. Art is such a, it's, it's really, a, it's a form of personality that you're expressing to people. Yeah. And you can't really be taught that. You can definitely get inspired by others and learn from others. But at the end of the day, your art forms your own. And, you know, there's a lot of them who say they wish they were freelancing. And there's actually a few who've left school to pursue their, their career. And I, I, I fully support that 100% because okay. you'll never know your full potential until you, it's tested. I agree. So now you said this year, things are going good. Yes. You're freelancing and mm-hmm. it's been sort of crazy. So it sounds yeah. like there's some things that's unexpected. I don't say unexpected. Yeah. Right? We, we, we plan for things to happen. Yeah. And then when they happen, it's a, it's a wonderful surprise. Right. Mm-hmm. So have you been getting those sort of surprises? Yes. This year. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, it's, it is, I've never thought I would have done the things I've done this year. Um, it has been such a great year. Uh, it started off a little rough. Um, it started off a little rough, but um, closing out 2019 this year has been tremendous. Okay, been tremendous. What sort of things like what sort of things are happening? Um, so a lot <laughs> um, to start. Uh, so I actually freelance for this one company that uh, they contract for NASA. So I started working for NASA on billable work for them for the last three months, which is really nice, and uh, I got experience there working on rebranding some of their initiatives. And I even got to work on the moon initiative as well, which was really fun. Okay. Um, and I did some proposal work for them, uh, which I've never had experience in too. So I got a lot of experience there. Um, and then now I'm transferring over actually to GSA. So more open government and I can't talk too much about it, but working on rebranding some sites for them as well, which is cool. So I'm going more from graphic design to UI UX design, which I'm very excited for. Okay. Um, As far as the freelance, uh, more freelance stuff for photography, I've been traveling much more as far as weddings, which I'm excited about. Uh, I just came back from Canada mm-hmm. uh, and did some work out there. And uh, that was a really exciting time with the client. Um, but, and also I have uh, a few weddings coming up that I'm excited for in Spain. And at the end of this month, or actually the beginning of January, I'm going to be going to DR. I have a wedding down there as well with my friend. Nice. So... Um, and you know, and I'm planning to go to Thailand too, which okay. I'm excited for. Which will be cool. <laughs> okay. This is a lot. <laughs> that, a sounds, lot. that sounds really exciting. Yeah, I, I wish my year sounded that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, wedding in Canada, yeah, um, and then uh, that you just did, mm-hmm. and another wedding coming up in DR. Yeah. How do you how do you get your your name out there? Mm-hmm. And so, how is it that you got into these opportunities? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. So, for me. The biggest thing, and as I said before, is connections. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not connections as in, oh, you know the right people. Connections as far as the client. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes I see photographers trying to sell themselves, you know, too hard. And I really wanted to change that. And I, I've, I really thought about what can I do to market myself differently? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes most of my clients, if you ask them, the first time we meet, I, we don't even talk about photography. I'll say, just come out, let me buy a cup of coffee. Let's just chat, just like we're doing right now. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, if somebody's going to be paying you thousands of dollars for a wedding day, mm-hmm. you know, they want to have some sort of trust in you, you know, to deliver and not only be a person who they look familiar on that day like a familiar face um and that's what i do is make that connection with the client and then you know at the end of the conversation i'll say hey if you're interested um i'd love to partner with you i think it would be a great opportunity and it usually works okay cool and i know it sounds like you're going to this conversation let's just talk 
they're getting an opportunity to figure out things about you and mm-hmm. know more about you. You're learning more about them. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sort of, I don't know, loose outline in your mind of things you want to cover, things you want to hit during this conversation? Um, as far as the podcast conversation? Well, not or, the podcast, or, no. But the, with the client? With the client. Oh, yeah, with yeah. the client. Um, with the client, yeah, usually I like to know actually their backstory, just like now. I like to know, you know, who they are, where they're raised, and of course, how they found each other. That's the biggest story because ultimately you're going to be shooting that day for them. Um, so I love to find out, you know, their, their, their background story about how they met and then, you know, see what I can share with them as far as from my experience that I find beautiful that I want to capture on their wedding day. Okay. And they usually like that. Um, I one client in particular, the one in Canada, although I didn't meet them, we had several phone conversations. And, um, you know, as I was talking to, to them, one of the stories she shared with me is you know, they're, they're Arab. So back home, they met, um, then they went to art school together. And after meeting each other, they, he asked, you know, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman? And she said, I'm not sure. <laughs> but he, he, he was very adamant on spending the rest of life with her. And he said, yeah. you know, I just want to marry you. And he went off to the military. And as soon as he came back, he married her. And I told him, you know, your love from the beginning of your relationship is what grew strong. And I want to be able to showcase in an image your love from a distance. How okay. can we create that? Okay. And they love that. Yeah, and uh, one of the shots, um, and I can share it with you. I, I'm acting like we're on TV, <laughs> trying to paint this for you. It's all right. But one of the shots, you know, it was uh, it was one of the hotels in Toronto that we stayed at, mm-hmm. and it was uh, right down in downtown, and it was across the street, and across the street was the Union Station, and then um, it, I forgot the hotel's name, but the hotel right across the street, and they were standing apart but you could just see their expression on their face. And nice. it, I felt like it really captured their love. And there was a bunch of flags behind her and it showed, you know, uh, diversity and it was really nice. So cool. they really loved that image. You cannot, so you cannot go into all that description on this wonderful image and the audience not get a chance <laughs> to see it. So what I think what we'll do is if you don't mind, yeah. um, I'm sending that image yeah, my way and definitely. then I'll, I'll, I'll use it for the, the image for the podcast. Cool. Okay? That'll be awesome. <laughs> right, cool. Yeah. Um, so what I'm curious about is, uh, so um, my background uh, a little bit and why I'm going to ask you this question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, IT background, um, definitely uh, want to keep alive the artistic side, you mm-hmm. know, my personality, but also love management. So when I listen mm-hmm. to you um, talking, you know, about how you decide to approach clients mm-hmm. and, you know, you sound more like you're trying to establish a relationship, a yes. friendship, you know, if the business comes, then mm-hmm. it comes because, you know, we often do business with those we trust. Mm-hmm. So why is it, how did you come to that conclusion? Why is it, does this mm-hmm. feel like the right approach to you? Um, you know, I can't take credit for myself. Um, one of my hugest inspirations, uh, Ace Bugs, is uh, Scott Adamas. He lives in the area. He is a tremendous photographer. He is a huge inspiration. He helped me through so much, and one of them being you know, how do I grow as a client? There was a time where I was, I was so upset. I was like, I'm not getting clients, Scott. Like, what am I going to do? And he was just like, don't focus on getting the clients, focus on the work. Mm-hmm. And that still resonates with me today because oftentimes, and this goes into a different topic, but, you know, with social media being an aspect of the 21st century, it's, it's really a huge medium of way of finding clients. Mm-hmm. And I tried, I really tried to use it for my best advantages at the time but i realized my issue with social media was 
I started to post for Instagram and I, I wasn't posting for myself. Okay. And I think there's a difference there because oftentimes a lot of creators will, they'll post for the hype, they'll post for the trends, they try to get a reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. But then what truly lacks is the creativity, mm-hmm. the the story behind it. Yeah. And I feel like everybody has a story to tell, but if you're focused on what other people are going to react to it, mm-hmm. then your story changes. Yeah. And then you're kind of playing with the the dialogue almost are you playing to an imaginary audience yeah <laughs> like me i had i had no followers at all <laughs> no I, didn't, I for sure didn't mean it in that way um what the way i meant it is that um because i know like i mean mm. just about the the world is getting on instagram mm-hmm. right and so when you're looking at instagram there you see the trends mm-hmm. and so you imagine mm-hmm. this is what the audience wants to see mm-hmm. and maybe if your work doesn't fall neatly into it you mm-hmm. might it might you might find that your work starts to get affected by that mm-hmm. was that some of the stuff that you were seeing for yourself yeah okay. to be honest yes yeah i was uh i was almost i was entrapped with it it was truly uh it, it wasn't good for your, my creative spirit honestly and oftentimes every day i would just be like okay what am i going to post for instagram and i found myself saying that even mm-hmm. And, you know, although it pushes you to be creative at times to think of different things, I wasn't using the platform the way I wanted to use it. And, that you know, okay. Instagram is there to showcase your work, yeah. to showcase images, mm-hmm. moments in time, right? It is. And people, I feel like other photographers specifically misuse that and uh, they compare themselves to other photographers. And that's one thing I had to get out. And that's one thing Scott helped me to okay. get out of. And uh, up until recently, I actually took deactivated my Instagram mm-hmm. and I found that I'm making more business and I'm being uh, using my time wiser than I ever was before without Instagram. Okay. And that really it took it back to it really took it back to me being a human again and <laughs> taking Instagram away and mm-hmm. talking face to face with people, getting create, getting creative, thinking with them, because at the end of the day, any product you make, you have to work with the client with yeah. it's, it's a team effort yeah and that's what i've been doing with all my clients and i make sure that every day when i leave i thank them for the opportunity for them working with me it's not me for working for them that's right okay cool do you love social media <laughs> <laughs> i asked that question right after yeah <laughs> after i just dissed them instagram i'm so sorry yeah <laughs> um I do. I do. Like, I'm not I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I think it's a great a great thing. You know, okay. it's, you're able to stay in touch with your loved ones, see what others are thinking and what others are doing. Yeah. And I miss it from that aspect. Okay. Um, it it is definitely a platform that I think, you know, you can use to your benefit. But just for me personally, at the time, I realized what it was doing to me. So yeah. the best best thing that I could come up with was to to kind of cut that out. OK. All right, so I'm, I'm going to sound a little bit like a grandpa now, um, or, or maybe at least a dad, <laughs> and say, like, okay, we talked about, you know, at the start, your age, yeah. and then how the age might be, like, a disadvantage, mm-hmm. right? But um, I, I thought about waiting till the end of this, you know, to, to say this, but I said, no, it's in my mind right now, I'll put this out here, which is, like, I, I don't think, some of the things that you're saying right now, mm-hmm. I, if you're presenting yourself to these clients, you know, in this mm-hmm. way, and then also the reasoning behind, you know, you looking at the market and pursuing the market and not having social media or Instagram affect that. Uh, it speaks to a lot of maturity, man, mm. you know. And and I think that you don't have to be as worried, you know, about mm. the 
the age, mm-hmm. whether it's an advantage or a disadvantage, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, to me, I'm looking at the artist in front of me mm-hmm. and the things that you're saying, you know, and I think this shows someone that has a solid mind and mm-hmm. idea about, you know, who they are yeah. and what they want to present, right? So now, don't let me say all that, mm-hmm. and I'm going to ask you this very next question. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now you got to know yourself. Um, what is it about you now as a photographer that should make a client excited to work with you. Mm. I'm going to need a minute for that. <laughs> um, can you repeat the question? <laughs> so what, what is it about you as a photographer? So what, so I'm going to expound on it a little mm. bit. So I know that, you know, there's going to be certain ways, you know, how you work with clients. And I'm not really just to start of this first part of this mm. question. I'm not going to really focus on that so much, but you know, you talked about the art, mm. not wanting your art to be affected by what's seen out there on social media. Mm. So um, I think, you know, myself, even when I'm taking photos, I'm chasing, I might be affected by certain looks because I see that I like it mm-hmm. and I want to see if I can emulate it. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I don't want my work to be Serge's. I mm-hmm. want my work to be Sean's. Exactly. Right? So what is it about your work that makes it Serge's? Mm. I would say it's it's the, at least what I want my images to convey to other people mm-hmm. is the story. Okay. It's, it's the, it's the story. It's the, um, the connection behind it. When people look at my images, I want them to look at it and not just, you know, see a pretty face or see a background shot at 2.8 with a bokeh, bokeh, bokeh out background, mm-hmm. but with a story, a message and expression. Okay. Because at the end of the day, I think art, is anything that invokes a feeling and moves a person. And I think it's one of the most powerful things because you don't need to speak the same language as another person to understand what an image looks like. It can touch anybody. That's right. And I think that is what my images, or at least I try (laughs) to do with my images. And I think, I think, I think you do a good job. I mean, I I think I I did ask you a question that I feel like it's hard to answer because even as, because even I, I think about it, and, and so to kind of give you a little idea of what I was thinking, where I was going is, um, look at some of the trends, right? You, so, you see some of the trends where um, some photographers are crushing the blacks, right? Mm-hmm. Putting a lot of contrast mm-hmm. in it, or they're um, uh, taking the colors and making it like super vivid, or, yeah. you know, or maybe they're leaning a lot into the red, or yeah. or maybe they're bringing up the shadows mm-hmm. and giving you the little, you know, more of a flat look, you know? Yeah. Um, these are just some of the uh, details and, mm-hmm. you know, aspects of a photo. Um, but are there things like technically um, when it comes to your editing or, or photos mm-hmm. that you like to see that you like to lean on? Um, yeah, I'm <laughs> Scott really got me into black and whites. I really love black and whites. I love film photography. I was actually talking to one of my good friends, uh, Shirley, and she she's in the black and white photography a lot and mm-hmm. film photography as well. And, you know, I, I feel like I don't use that enough because I feel like color adds to an image. But I think that it should be more the composition and the subjects that are posed properly rather than, you know, the actual color that should stand out. Mm -hmm. And for me, I try to go on the more muter side for my color photography because I I feel like color can be a distraction almost. And at least in design, uh, my background as a graphic designer, um, color makes you feel a certain type of way. Okay. So if you use that, you know, properly, you can kind of tap into a person's emotional feelings. Mm -hmm. Same with photography. If you 
match those colors correctly together, at least with color theory, you can make a beautiful result. Okay. So I try to go on muter sides, soften, soften that effect. So you're a master of the color wheel? And <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I failed that section in, this, in school. My teacher was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're speaking, you are speaking about like, you know, like uh, the emotions, right? Like yeah. For like certain colors. And there's something that uh, we talked before this mm -hmm. uh, where you talked about if you're working with a certain client, mm -hmm. um, you're part of the conversation it might come out that there's a certain color that they're going for right a mm -hmm. lot a lot of brides have colors yes. um, when it comes to themes for a wedding yes and then you find a way to incorporate that even yeah. in your photos so tell us a little bit about that so uh i actually really love doing this i think it's the most fun part of my job is being able to go in the room and really develop a color that's that's what we do we look at some past of my work of course and i say hey i've done this i've done this i've done this and most of my weddings are different colors because the client will literally make a color theme for the entire wedding. So I, I make my preset for them and then we develop, you know, we're going to go with more greens, more yellows. Um, I've never done more reds. I think that'd be hideous, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, developing more colors for them and seeing what style they want. And I think they love that because it's personal to them okay. and it shows that, you know, you're taking the time and you're really making it personal at the end of the day no one really wants to feel like a client because you sometimes you know when a person's just trying to sell something to you mm -hmm. but when you're excited about it and you show that you have a passion for it and you're really thinking about the other person they they like that they really like that and they, and they they connect with that and there's been often times i've been in the room and you know i'll, I'll look at a client and i'll say no I, I don't think that's you but if you feel like it is tell me why Okay. And it gets them thinking. And oftentimes, a lot of the testimonials that they'll write about me is, you know, Sergio felt like a friend at the wedding. Yeah. And these are people who I've never met before. Yeah. And it's just based off of the communication. So you feel like that's your forte? Yes, sir. Okay. All yeah. right. That's a good. That's a good uh, um, quality to have, actually. I think. Yeah, I'm still learning it, man. <laughs> still learning it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pause a little bit for this. <laughs> um, if I do end up keeping this in, I'm going to give the audience a little insight into where we're actually sitting. We're sitting in a library, right? Yeah. And so there are people around. There's life around us. So you might hear some sounds. I'm not going to take them all out, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's where we are. All right. So we talked about uh, so many things that I find to be like more important about like mm -hmm. than other than this question I'm about to go into. Sure. Um, since but I'm going to ask it because I have to. Well, I don't have to ask it. Right? Yeah. Um, but a little bit about the gear yeah. you know, that you use. So can you tell oh, us yeah. about that? <laughs> this is one question driving up here. I was like, uh, he, I know he's going to ask me about this. Um, OK, so this, this is how I feel about gear. And as I think I mentioned it before, you know, we'll talk about this later. Gear simply it's a tool it's a tool and i think a lot of people misconstrued what what gear actually is for me gear is a tool to get to a certain level at my photography i i definitely won't sit here and say that of course if you shoot with a 1dx mark 4 and then you have i guess t3. a crop sensor <laughs> t3 that you know the results may be different yes you may be a little limited but it's about the composition the story you know, the subjects, where are they placed, you know, and quality wise, yes, you know, I shoot with a 1DX uh, Mark II, 
Uh, it is a beast of a camera. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I have a 24 to 70, uh, 2.8, 70, 200, 2.8. And I'm about to actually get a 60 millimeter. That thing is amazing. I rent quite a few the one for Canada, actually, in order to get that wide shot, you mm. need to shoot really wide and it helped me get that. Okay. But starting off, I remember my cousin, um, she lives in Canada as well in Montreal and she had a camera and I was like, Hey, what gear should I get? I was, you know, reviewing some of these stuff. This looks pretty good. And she was like, why, why are you going to start so complicated? And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, what I would suggest is getting, you know, a crop sensor. I think it was a Nikon D3200 was my first camera. Mm-hmm. I hated that camera. And uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that and uh, a 50 millimeter 1.8. Okay. And, um, I mean, 50 millimeter 1.8, it's great. You know, yeah. you can shoot low depth of fields, bokeh. It's a great, great lens. But the reason she said start with that mm-hmm. is because you have the best two things, mm-hmm. your feet. That's right. Move. Yeah. Get around the subject. And it helps you really to connect with the person. It does. I actually shot two weddings with that, just that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before and not recently. Okay. But uh, yeah. back in the day and um, to get your feet wet. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I didn't charge them, but I was like, hey, I'm learning to do photography. Still am. But uh, do you mind if I I come and shoot with my little camera? But the shots weren't amazing. But it it taught me a huge lesson: communication. Okay. You know, because a lot of us will get laxed when we have this fancy gear. You know, if you have a 1DX Mark II with a 70 to 200, 2.8, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to be sitting in the back of the wedding just sniping from the back of the room. Mm-hmm. But the you can feel the shots are kind of flat. Yeah. No matter how you know blurred out the background is, how sharp the image is, what's Doll is the image okay. because the story isn't there. I think you're right. And I think that's something I'm still learning today. So, yes, I have, I would say, pretty decent gear. And I'm going to get a 5D, uh, 5D Mark IV as well um, as my second backup camera so I can stop running. <laughs> okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you if you give a professional photographer a crop sensor and then you give a person who's so inexperienced with, you know, a 1DX Mark II you'll see the difference in the image it's not about the camera the image the image is captured by the camera yeah and the photographer poses for the image it's not the other way around okay say it again so now i don't remember (laughs) (laughs) but pretty much what i'm saying is that the image Mm -hmm. that the photographer creates it's Mm -hmm. it's what's thought in the head you have to put the subjects at ease you have to line them up you have to create a composition mm-hmm. you the camera doesn't do that the camera just captures that that's right and when you capture that it's just a tool that you use to capture the image okay and that's that's what i'm learning mm-hmm. and i've had so many mentors i've shot a little bit this year uh, with a professional photographer named Hyun smith he's done a lot of work um and that that's a crazy story i met him actually here in germantown in a coffee shop and i was editing images and i was with kevin Britt. i don't know if you know him I don't. And he's another photographer locally okay and we were just editing in there and then this this guy hein was like what are you guys editing and i was like oh wedding we just shot just random old man yeah <laughs> i hope he's not listening to this <laughs> but um and he was like oh this is a nice shot and yeah. then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a professional photographer. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he showed us pictures of him and Obama. I was like, wow, he's legit. That's cool. But our connection, um, as we've had a strong relationship ever since. Uh, he's sending me to Seattle to do a wedding work for him next oh, year. Nice. 
And uh, we did work for the Washingtonian this year. Uh, we shot the Galleria, which was really nice in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, next year, we're going to be shooting the Galleria as well, which I'm really excited for. Okay. I met people who I felt <laughs> were very important people yeah. in a room. But, you know, I never thought I would be able to have the opportunities that I have now. Mm-hmm. Now, able to travel internationally for my work is, is awesome. Um, I'm planning on, you know doing this more full-time and doing more design work as well and with my ui ux experience i think i'll I'll have the whole package together let's link that back to some of the things that we talked about before um so school yeah deciding not to go to school yeah or deciding to take courses that um specifically spoke to this Mm -hmm. the art um looking back you made a good decision absolutely (laughs) oh my goodness you know there was times where I felt like, yes, I need to go to school. Sergio, you're dumb. What are you going to do? And, you know, still to this day, you know, going back to my family, they, I wouldn't say they weren't supportive at first, but they definitely had their reservations. And uh, my mom now, she lives in Florida. And she actually called me the other day and she was, you know, she's proud. She's proud of the work that I've done. And, um, and, it's a lot of it I have to to give back to her you know her discipline bring a French mom at home you know very strict on certain things but it's made me who I am today and I'm very happy of the decision that I made to be a full-time content creator and that contributes to projects I'm creating now and working on now yeah all right so I think you I think in the conversation the audience can feel um your passion for mm-hmm. photography they can feel the love they can feel that it you know it makes you alive mm-hmm. right um so i'm going to ask this uh question as far as why so i'm, I'm gonna uh, uh simon sinek have you ever heard that name no sounds okay. familiar though okay so he's not he's not a photographer mm-hmm. but he's someone who um i like mm. um because he um probably helped me focus i don't want to say help me focus on more photography but more on just a way of kind of like leading your life in a way that more so mm. um, feeds you. Okay. Right? And so he talks about the, he started his, he wrote a few books. Okay. Uh, I think about maybe four or five now. Um, but he started writing about why, mm. like a, a central why, asking that why. And so, as a matter of fact, even in, in, in my resume, I, I, I think I still have it there, but mm. I have why, uh, all caps, right? Huh. Because it's that central why in your life as to why do you, why are you even doing this? Don't mm-hmm. do something without knowing why. Even when I talk mm-hmm. to my kids, I say, mm-hmm. even if you make a decision, you know, maybe this could yeah. even be put in a context of you deciding yeah. to get into photography. Uh, I always tell them, if you're going to make a stupid decision, you know, and I'll put, I'm going to put stupid in quotes, mm-hmm. or a dumb decision, or something that maybe people from the outside cannot understand, mm-hmm. you know, don't turn around when I ask you, you know, why did you do it? So now, as a young kid, it could be just jumping off the couch and hurting yourself, mm. right? But I want to know, why did you do that? You know, mm. did you do that? Were you trying to be Superman? Was mm. this an experiment? It's worse to hear, I don't know, mm. you know? So in a bigger context of life, you know, when it comes to photography and then traveling with your work, why? Like, why do you do it? Like, what what is it doing for you? That's a great question. Um, you know, the reason why I do what I do is simply because I gotta I gotta stick to it. It's simply because of my connections I make. Mm-hmm. It's making friends with people who you don't know, being able to as a wedding photographer document a day that will last, you know, years 
within the family that they'll show their kids, their kids' kids, you know? And being able to document that and have the privilege to be the person who captures those emotions on the day, it's a beautiful thing. And <clears throat> specifically recently, one client actually invited me uh, over to their home and they were showing their family the work that I created for them. And it, it, I thought it was a little strange. I've never had anybody do that. And they called me up and they said, hey, can you uh, come to the house? We're actually going to show the family the photos. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah. was that, Were you nervous? Yeah, I, I was. I was. They were either going to have a lawyer there saying he didn't do well. And I wasn't going to accept it. But then the second yeah. photographer who shot with me, he was like, you should go. You should go. And I was like, I'm not going to go if you're not going. So he came with me. Yeah. And the the feelings that were in the room and I'll touch on it softly, but the feelings that were in the room were feelings that I never thought an image could be able to to create. And, you know, this is family who, again, foreigners, who don't speak the language, but the tears, the emotion that was created from the image yeah. shows the power of, you know, creating something that's beautiful. Okay. And me being able to do that and to help somebody, you know, create something beautiful mm -hmm. that's my why that's why i do it okay it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, thing i feel like i should end the podcast on that one i'm not <laughs> going to <do> that. <laughs> but yeah that's no that's that's powerful yeah. um it made me tear up actually yeah yeah it was no, it was I'm sure it was yeah I'm beautiful sure it's quite it's quite an honor right because you know they they trusted you yeah you know to capture that day mm -hmm. and wedding photos photos in general you know, I think are some of the most, they're, they're very important. You know, we don't print as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. um, I actually have a personal project nice. where I'm going to start diving back into uh, photos that I've taken throughout the awesome. years and start printing them out. So I've, I've done it uh, for not the last one. I'm kind of being a bad husband now. Um, <laughs> <Bro>. <laughs> when it comes to anniversary gifts, man. You know, um yeah, so <laughs> let me skip over that. <laughs> but not the last one, but the year before that. Sure. And I have a reason for that because we're in the middle of a move. <laughs> uh, so yeah, many yeah. things. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but before that, uh, I think for at least um, two anniversaries in a row, I took uh, photos that I even um, took. Um, be when I started getting into photography mm -hmm. and, and taking these photos with my cell phone, uh, I took photos and made a, um album. You wow. know, with it, you know, made a book out of it, yeah. and then that was part one, and then even came out with a part two, wow. and then you know, when we take trips, I try to you know take as many photos mm -hmm. as I can to document it, and then create a book out of it. Mm -hmm. You know, when we come home, and you know, they they turn out really mm -hmm. well, and it's in these moments, you know, when I'm looking at these photos, mm -hmm. um, it really hits me, you know, mm -hmm. how important photos are because sometimes there's certain things that are big in your life that mm -hmm. happen that really touch you that you even forget get about exactly but then when you see the photo you know maybe you didn't even capture it mm -hmm. but when you see a photo about the situation then it reminds you of it. you yeah. know you can walk down memory lane you know i agree i agree um wow so there was another uh, yeah i want to ask you this question um and I, I do we skipped over the gear question so you know what let, let me let, let me <laughs> you did answer the gear i don't want to get back into it sure. but i also want to say why i appreciate your answer and mm -hmm. the reason why i left the gear question right there where it was because i totally agree with you mm -hmm. um what is it gas right gear acquisition syndrome mm -hmm. you know like it's it's out there and it's out there in every market and that's how that's how like some markets stay alive i mean you know companies mm -hmm. are in this you know to sell product right mm -hmm. um but the 
gear that we shoot with is a small segment of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, like I love the camera that you that you're shooting with. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm actually shooting with um, uh, a D seventy one hundred. Oh, right? nice! And, okay, I, cool. and I actually started. That's a Nikon, um, right? That's a Nikon. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so I'm shooting with D seventy one hundred. It's a crop sensor camera. Okay. Um, I started with a D thirty two hundred. Oh Actually, really? Yeah. yeah. So that, that was that was that was it back in the day. So I I think I thought it was interesting. You know when you said you know you hated the camera. I didn't hate the camera. Really? Um, yeah, I didn't hate the camera, but uh, there for sure limitations. Mm. You know to work around. And I also thought it was interesting that you said you you shot a wedding with it um, because yeah. I also shot a wedding with it as well. Really? And it was in me shooting a wedding with that camera that mm. I learned of you know sometimes the gear. It doesn't get in a way, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that with those images, you know, they're for sure going to be people. There's for sure going to be clients that's mm-hmm. going to be happy with those images. There's going to be people that's going to look at that photo mm-hmm. and think it's some of the best images that they've ever seen. Exactly. But as a photographer, as an artist, mm-hmm. when you know what you're chasing and you understand that, you know, there's a limitation. Mm-hmm. So I found a limitation in the sensor itself. Mm. Um, this is what I'm calling it, at least, because um, I, I don't want this to be too much about me. Um, but <laughs> a buddy of mine, uh, his his name is Steven Ababio. Um, he has Instagram captured by Steven. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we shot a lot of weddings together. He was standing, it was a, during a dance. And so just how sometimes gear does matter, but for mm-hmm. the most part it doesn't. Um, he was standing pretty much beside me to my mm-hmm. right. I'm standing here. Um, we're outside. You know, the it was the reception was outside. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful day. The sun is dropping. Nice. You know, the, the groom and the bride, they're dancing. Golden I'm, hour. Oh, golden. Golden yeah. hour. I'm seeing how the, the, the rays of the sun are coming in. It's almost like it's for them. Wow. And uh, I saw the image in my mind. And this goes to speak to what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's up to the photographer to, like, see the image and then use the tool to capture it. Sure. And uh, being crop sensor, you know, slowed that shutter down, mm-hmm. you know, to... So not too much, but mm-hmm. enough pumped up the uh, ISO, you know, uh, a little bit. Maybe I hit a thousand. I didn't like to go mm-hmm. above eight hundred. You know, yeah, especially a crop sensor. <laughs> exactly. Well, you see that. <laughs> and um, and then also had a, I think I had a a one point eight on it at that time as nice. well. But I might have had it at like um two point oh two point two something like that. Oh, but yeah, I didn't yeah. want the the, uh, the bride and groom. I didn't want one of them to be you know out of focus too mm-hmm. much. And when I took that image, got home, edited it, I was so happy, mm. you know, to see it. My buddy, who was standing beside me, did the same thing. Uh, he was shooting, I think he was shooting with a 5D Mark III. Oh, really? Um, yeah, at, at, at that time. Yeah. And took the same image. Really? And, you know, I put it up, put my image up. We were throwing our images in the same repository to get it ready to, you know, deliver it to the client. Mm-hmm. He, he was looking at my images as they were popping through. And he said, Sean, these are really great photos. Wow. And then my image of that scene I just sure. described came up there, and then his came in the repository just about the same time. Yeah. And I looked at his, and I told him, I need to throw away my gear. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there were the, the details. Uh, really? The colors. Mm. Um, the, the sharpness mm. of the image, you know, the resolution. It was just... I, I couldn't touch it. It was right there. It was there. Nice. And interesting, um, that's when I turned around and got the D7100. Still a crop body. Yeah. Still a crop body. That's that's what's interesting to me. Yeah. Both both crop sensors. Both crop sensors. But I knew that um, I needed a newer sensor. Sure. Um, and the only reason why I'm going into this, this is a long, longer tangent than what I wanted it to be. But um, I 
I'm I'm actually staying there because um with that I took an image. Okay, I was just in a bar. Took an image, um with that that sensor, mm. the D seventy one hundred. Posted online. My friend immediately texted me and he said, "You got a new camera, right?" Mm. He he even realized the difference. Um, but the but I'm still a stickler for it's not the gear, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm staying with this camera because mm-hmm. I'm happy with what I'm what I'm personally able mm-hmm. to produce out of it, and I feel like with that camera. Um, yeah. I can, I, with the skills that I have, I can pretty much match yeah. what a lot of other people are doing with, you know, full body, you know, full, uh, full sensor. Yeah. Cameras, you know? yeah. No, you said that well. You said that well. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. it's, it's true. You should be happy with the gear that you have and be happy at least with the quality that you can produce with it. That's, that's huge. That's right. Yeah. All right. So last question. Sure. Um, but I also want to get you an opportunity. Hopefully you had an opportunity to talk about. Um, some of these things that, or projects that you're working on that oh, you're getting yeah. into, because I want to give you that, that opportunity as well. Sure. Um, now, this one is about dream project. Dream project. Dream project. You don't have to worry yeah. about um, how you're going to acquire it. You don't have to worry about what the budget is going to be, mm. but just, you know, a dream project. If given opportunity, what would you love to do? What would you love to work on? It's actually so funny you're asking this because I honestly. Like, if you could tell me anything, you know, work with Nike, work with Adidas, it's actually the project I'm working on right now. Okay. And that's Fora Publications. Okay. Um, it's a publication that I just started. And uh, I just got a just got a creative director on the team and a two crea- uh, creative writers. And it's a publication that showcases other artists' work worldwide. Mm. And I'm super excited for it. And it's, it's my dream project because... I'm able to work with artists worldwide, um, and that's partly my trip to Thailand, what I'm going to be working on, is, you know, it goes back to the Instagram thing. Not everyone has access to a platform such as Instagram. And, you know, with my connections over the years, I've been able to really create some, you know, bigger influencers from Los Angeles, Seattle, Canada, all over. And I've kind of got all of them together and we're going to be starting a publication that features other artists who aren't having that platform to be able to showcase their work. So people who, and it doesn't have to be anybody who's, you know, poor or rich, but just anybody who wants to showcase their platform that we think is good. Okay. And we're going to feature that. Now, I feel a little ignorant on this, so you're going to have to like edu- sure, educate yeah. me. So you said, you're saying that these, there are people that don't have the ability Mm-hmm. to utilize the platform of instagram yeah like how how is that the case well you know in third world countries some of us may not have phones or okay. you know social media for that aspect mm-hmm. but a lot of times in the poorer countries those are where some of the best artists are mm-hmm. i remember my mom came in one day and she came back from haiti and she had one of these mugs and i think she had like four or five of them and i asked my brother and they were all different colored and they're all painted mm-hmm. and it was some villager on the street who did it but they were amazing they were like pottery barn level really good stuff although pottery barn has some good stuff and bad stuff but it was really really nice and it looked handcrafted which it was and you know this person has a story this person's on the street doing this every single day but no one will know okay. regular people will come buy it use it and they'll utilize that cup every single day for coffee, but they'll never give credit to that artist. Mm-hmm. And that's what Fora is about. The meaning of Fora is a place or median where ideas can be exchanged on a topic. So it's really anything. Okay. You know, I, I believe, like I said, art is anything. Food, dancing, mm-hmm. 
actual uh, painting, anything. Because if it can move you and make you have a feeling, I think that's what art is. Okay. And is this going to be a physical publication? Or? Yeah. So okay. we're going to be coming out with an actual publication. So we're working with some vendors. And uh, we're going to have monthly editions where we feature probably around 10 to 20 artists, depending on uh, uh, who we line up for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, right now we're working on it. And it's it's amazing for me to be able to use my UI design experience and my photography all in one and it's such a cool medium okay so yeah we have a team behind it who's who's awesome creators i i actually one other uh designer on the team i'm really excited to work for work with and i'm learning so much from him already and uh, him and his wife are extremely talented okay so i'm gonna have to ask this because i think if people are gonna listen to this they're gonna have this question for themselves (laughs) um you know, so physical media, physical publications mm-hmm. are, are struggling today in this age they of are. technology. Right? They are. So a lot of people are, are some newspapers have failed, have mm-hmm. gone away, right? Not coming back, right? Um, people have, when they think about publications, they think maybe, okay, this can be a website. Mm-hmm. This can exist as an app, maybe. That's mm-hmm. someone's going to go on. But I think a lot of people are maybe even afraid to get into that market so it is, yeah. so what why how how is it that you feel and why is it that you feel that this is a great medium to go into that's one uh, huge concern that we've all had yeah but we realized at the end of the day that you know we want to go back to the tradition of you know researching finding things for yourself and the publication will be online as well but in cop in person as well and we want each piece to truly have a great um how do I say this? It, we want each piece to have a great, um, a great platform to be able to share on. Okay. That being Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and be able to distribute it worldwide. And we think that the more we grow, the more we're confident that the product will be able to, you know, go worldwide. And the end of the day, it's to feature artists, and we want to create a community of artists worldwide. And uh, that's why we named it Fora. Okay. All right, I look forward to it. Yeah. I, look, I, I, you know, I think um, you don't always have to be uh, servicing like the the general population, right? Yeah. And, and and the big market. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, you know, there are a lot of uh, people that realize that you it's actually beneficial mm-hmm. to to bring a product that's gonna be niche, right? Yeah. Because then there are a lot of people out there that like the things that you like, exactly, you know? and they're not being serviced, yeah. right? Because the bigger publications, maybe bigger organizations, or whatever the product mm-hmm. is that they're coming out with, is looking to um, hit the biggest numbers, exactly, but not worried about like those who are being left exactly. behind. So I think it's actually cool. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, yeah, seeing that. Me too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am too. I am too. We have tons of support for this year. I talked to a lot of different people, and I'm gonna need to go to California soon to line up some more deals but we have a few uh known heads that we're gonna have on the team to help support the brand and back it okay is there uh so as we wrap this one up is there anything that you think the audience must know must know yeah um (laughs) honestly if if whether you guys are photographers designers uh hand calligraphy whatever you do i think as far whatever you do just make sure you're doing it because you love doing it and that it's something that makes you happy at the end of the day you know there's so many people doing things that i see that are just so unhappy and you know they'll they'll never find happiness in what they do because they 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 do what's safe 
And yeah. I think, you know, when you take a little bit of a risk or limitations, you you truly become happy because you created something that's good. Okay. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Serge. I actually think that after this one, I feel like I'm going to have to have like another uh, one year later, you know, <laughs> let, let's catch it with Serge. <laughs> Impoverished on the street of Germantown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I doubt it. I doubt it, man. But yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, I'm honored that you uh, took the time, you know, to spend with me today. And Absolutely. This is this has been great. This has been great. I got free Chick-fil-A as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Chick-fil-A, by the way. You want to make me happy? So bring next time uh, for any client out there that's going to um, uh, meet with Serge and you guys have that friendship, you can really spark it and, and bring it together with a Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. We'll talk soon, Serge.